Hello to all our wedding planning couples. I'm Tara and welcome to the Complete Wedding Planning Podcast. I'm excited to share my creativity and 14 years experience as a professional wedding planner and decorator. And I'm Josh and we're so happy you're joining us for some solid down to earth wedding planning advice that I've accumulated over my 18 years in the industry. We believe that weddings are supposed to be fun and fulfilling, not full of stress and conflict. We are presented by Complete Weddings and Events, your leading provider of photo, video, DJ, photo booth, lighting and coordination services. Visit us at completewedo.com for more information. The wedding day is moving smoothly and everything's going great. The couple looks amazing, the nuptials were sweet, cocktail hour was a blast, and the newlyweds have made their way into the reception. In a short period of time, the MC will ask for everyone's attention and introduce the highly anticipated toast. If you are one of the lucky ones that get to toast to newlyweds, then this episode is for you. All right. I think that when we're talking about toasts, you can divide who's giving one into two people, those who love it and can't wait to get the microphone and those that are just horrified by the idea that they have to have it. And the question that I commonly get as a DJ who's normally facilitating such things is, uh, do I have time to get a shot first? (laughs) So we'll just throw that out at the beginning. <laughs> yes, absolutely. As a wedding planner, I would say I highly anticipate the toast. It is definitely, I get to learn about the couple a little bit more in depth. Um, it's also typically where a few laughter and even sometimes a few tears come out. Uh, so it's just a great moment, I think, uh, to start the night off. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think we have a handful of topics that we talked about. Um, it's obviously who who gives one? What's the list of people to give a toast? What's the best order to have everybody go in? Where does this fit in during the day from a timing standpoint? And I think we could probably, after the number of weddings we've been to over the course of the amount of time that we've been doing this, probably have a couple of opinions on what makes a good toast for each of these different individuals, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Cool. So uh, where do you think is the best place to start with the list of the who? Yeah, let's go over who traditionally gives the toast. Gotcha. So uh, I know that geographically, we're both in the Midwest. Um, we both spent time in Kansas. I'm, I'm obviously in Wisconsin. I know that I've been to weddings on both coasts and things of that nature. And there's also just kind of traditional decorum. But who would you put as the list of individuals that normally give a toast in, in your experience? Yeah, if they're sticking to the basics, I would say traditionally it's just best man and maid of honor. Um, There are definitely things that we can branch off of uh, from that, but those are definitely the two that, you know, most couples think about at first when they ask their best man and maid of honor. That's one of the first questions those people typically ask is, do I have to give a toast? Um, And sometimes that can be a deciding factor on who is going to play those roles in your wedding uh, to make sure that they are prepared for that. Yeah, the two uh, parties that I would add in there, I'm generally pretty adamant that the couple has to take the microphone at some point. And my my commentary is I don't care how introverted you are, you clearly are uh, outgoing enough to have however many people show up to your wedding reception and they do need to hear from you. And so it's nice. And uh, I I don't care if you talk for five seconds and say, you know, hey, thanks for coming, but you have to take the microphone. And I think generally speaking, I like it when parents give toasts as well. And you you usually kind of select based on who actually enjoys that. But if we're going traditional, I think the father of the bride uh, typically can give a toast and that fits in pretty well. 
So uh, yeah. who else, who else did you add to the list when we're, when we're not going at the basic level? Yeah. Um, I would definitely touch on that. I completely agree. Um, should definitely say a thank you, whether or not they want to get mushy about each other is completely up to what their comfort level is. Um, and we do see uh, fathers of the brides um, or, you know, of the, of the groom even, and sometimes moms uh, speak. Sometimes that's more of like a welcome speech, which leads into a toast. Um, but definitely from there, I have seen them branch out to more in the wedding party. Um, often we see that there is maybe a maid of honor and a matron of honor, or they just couldn't decide between, you know, the two best men, um, you know, that they want to speak. And so sometimes you branch out to more of the wedding party. And then if the siblings are part of the wedding party, but maybe not best man and maid of honor, often I will see them speak um, as part of those toasts as well. Yep. Same thing. The only other party that I would possibly offer is the efficient every once in a while will, will come in. And that could be as simple as a blessing before dinner, or if it's a friend of the couple, um, recent wedding that I did, this is actually really cool. The efficient was somebody who got ordained purposely for this wedding. And this was a couple that met, um, when they were on vacation at an all-inclusive in Jamaica or Mexico or something to that effect. But it was the couple getting married prior to being engaged, ran into this uh, other couple at a resort and they were friends the entire time and have stayed in contact and, and gone and visited each other on a fairly regular basis. And it's like a six or eight hour drive between each other where they, where they physically live in the country. But when they did the wedding, the, um, the, the lady, was part of the wedding party and the gentleman ended up being the efficient and so he gave a really nice toast um, before dinner which i thought was really cool so let's uh let's picture we have the full list of everybody that we have and let's just picture that all of these toasts are going to go in a consecutive order um, what do you think is a correct order yeah. So again, I kind of talked about the father's speech kind of being more of a welcome. Um, I kind of like that to be the beginning, even prior to a lot of the other toast. And so when, as a wedding planner, when I'm kind of creating a traditional timeline for a client, uh, we typically right after grand entrance for a lot of my weddings, we'll go right into a prayer and then potentially, well, a welcome speech leading into the prayer and then right into dinner. Um, and so a lot of times I'll see the father go first um, with that in the event that all of the toasts are happening all together later in the reception, typically about after dinner, then I typically kind of have the best man and maid of honor kind of talk to each other in the retrospective. Okay, who's going to cry? Who's is possibly going to be longer? Who's going to have more jokes and, you know, kind of get the crowd, you know, revved up. And so from there, a lot of times we see that the best man ends up going first because his is usually a little more low key, a um, little lighthearted. Um, and then the best man or the maid of honor usually will come in with a few, you know, great stories and probably some tears. And then a lot of times that will lead into, again, the parents, if they plan to give a toast and then ending with the couple who then basically, you know, all right, everybody, let's get this party started kind of thing. Yep, I would say personal perspective, I'm doing a lot of the same things. What I what I always tell couples is that father of the bride is uh, the first toast unless he absolutely doesn't want it. I just feel from a traditional standpoint that whether it's a welcome, whether it's a toast, the father of the bride gets first crack at 
giving a speech unless he just flat out doesn't want it. So uh, I would say that it's pretty, pretty common. You do the grand entrance, father of the bride does his welcome. And if we're breaking toasts up from being uh, all together before dinner, then you would have the uh, father of the bride. If the other parents want to give a welcome as well, that's something that, that can work. Um, what I think is really cool is when you have a father of the bride get up, kind of hand it to mother of the bride, and then have the, the groom or other bride's parents, um, how, however this works out, give their speech as well. And if there's a blessing before dinner, whoever is doing that is the last pre-dinner uh, toast, if you will. So if that's the efficient that we're calling up, or if it's one of the parents that's doing that, I think that works really well. When you get into the list of the everybody else, um, I definitely take a lot of the same approach. And where I typically start that is when I'm having the pre-conversation with a couple, uh, let's just say it's maid of honor, best man, maid or matron of honor, best man. The question that I'll ask is, who do you expect to be better <laughs> and, and I just usually put it that way, because um, if you find out that one of them is uh, a, a person who, you know, works in data analysis, sitting in an office all day by themselves and getting there early because they're in IT, something to that effect. And the other one is a director of sales, then don't make the IT person talk after the director of sales, because um, you're just going to put everybody in a position to be uncomfortable and um, if there's if there's somebody who's going to blow it out of the water because they do more professional type of speaking, make them go last and and let that be kind of a highlight and not have to make it more stressful potentially for the, the person who didn't even necessarily want to touch the microphone. Uh, if everybody's going to be good, um, I always say, you know, ladies first. So uh, let's let the mater matron of honor go first. Uh, but I totally agree with you that the couple is who talks last, um, regardless. Uh, and then when you're when you're doing the uh, the members of the wedding party, if there's other siblings or anybody else, um, you know, I'm, I'm usually pretty flexible on the order. You can either have maid of honor, best man go first, or you can have them bookend and everybody else in the middle. But regardless, just uh, make sure that right before the couple, I always try to push for whoever you think is going to give the most tear jerking, just most polished, what, whatever it is, try to try to end on a crescendo before the couple gets up and says something. Absolutely. I would agree with that. So let's talk a little bit more. We kind of alluded to this um, when you're when you're putting the timeline together. Let's talk about the order of all of these events and then also the things that come up, such as dinner, such as the Grand March. And let's talk about how you think things work best um, if you have a plated dinner versus a seated dinner. And let's make sure we include things like cake cutting as well. Yeah, absolutely. So when thinking about the timeline of your, your evening, um, definitely there's a lot of time or a lot of things that kind of come into play, as you kind of just alluded to. When we are thinking about the toast, again, it's one of those things that I typically like to get away, get out of the way early. A, it makes sure that the people giving the speech uh, is are not too intoxicated um, and that they don't rattle on. And so the earlier you can do that, um, then usually they are a little better off um, on that. Now, some of them need a little liquid courage to ease the nerves. Um, so definitely, you know, get them a drink uh, after entrance and give them some time to maybe prepare. But um, as we kind of talked about the welcome speech from the dad, I often see right after our grand entrance, right before prayer, before dinner. Um, and I think that that works well, just kind of gets everybody, you know, 
attention and lets them, you know, kind of hear at first, kind of maybe even what the night is going to entail and kind of sets the tone, um, hopefully for the rest of the evening. Um, it often, you know, gets dad off the hook early. Uh, so he doesn't have to, you know, wear that, that tie and that suit jacket. I often hear from the dads, like, when can I take this off? And so get him out of the way um, and get it done. And then often um, here we see a lot that we do grand entrance straight into dinner. My, um, I like doing toast right after dinner, and that doesn't mean that everybody has to be done eating. I often encourage my couples to, if they're doing a buffet meal, just make sure that everybody has gone through the buffet, and then the head table has finished eating and their plates cleared. Uh, before starting the toast. When it comes to a seated dinner, again, everybody needs to be served. And then again, I personally prefer that the head table is done eating and things are cleared away so that pictures and videos are prettier for up there. Obviously, you also want to give time if you're pouring champagne for 300 plus people, you need to give time in the beginning for them to, you know, pour all the champagne. If it's toast with whatever in your cup, then obviously you don't have to uh, go through all of that timing but do wanna make sure that there is some sort of pre-announcement letting people know that toasts are coming up, which a lot of our DJs will do and most DJs uh, will give them some sort of um, inquiry that it's coming up soon, make sure your glasses are full. Um, I have seen them happen, um, definitely right off all of the toast right off the bat if they're trying to work with a strict timeline for photographers, videographers, or even trying to hit sunset at a certain time. Um, and so it really just kind of depicts on exactly how many different things you're trying to put into your reception timeline. Yep. I look at a lot of the same two things and uh, the, the, the two items that I try to keep in firm handle on, on my end is focus and it's a math problem. And so another question that I'll ask up front is how long do you think these are going to be? And some, some couples will be really firm with everybody and say, Hey, you get between two and five minutes. And a lot of times that's when you have the uh, person who's a director of sales, it's a father of the bride that ends up being a really dynamic speaker that could take the microphone for 15 minutes for a keynote if you let them. Uh, so, so a lot of it, I just try to be as prepared as possible, but uh, let, let's talk about a buffet. If uh, we're doing a buffet or really even a plate at dinner for that matter, if I 100% get you know, my way on how I think the timeline should go, we're going to talk about the focus a little bit. So I think the grand entrance rolling right into the cake cutting and then getting a welcome from the father of the bride and then getting every single speech in, in a line with a couple going last and then the blessing before dinner, if you're doing that and get into food, you will not get your guests more focused on what you're actually saying than when they're all completely captive right before you feed them. So I think that's a really ideal situation. Um, doing everything after the uh, food, I like your idea of sending everybody through the buffet line, unless you're you're a, a wedding full guest count of 25 or something to that effect, the head table will be done eating by the time the last guests have gone through the buffet line. And I think that's a really important thing because I always stress to couples, make sure you eat and, and make sure that you have uh, that in mind as a good part of a day. I know we brought that up on countless episodes that making sure you eat throughout the day is an important thing. So I think that works out really well. During the plated dinner, um, you know, between courses is where it normally ends up kind of shaking out. And a lot of that's just working with the catering staff. And 
works well, but sometimes you can get the pitfall of, of how fast the catering staff is able to get everything out. And you can get into a situation where you're, you're clearing tables or trying to finish serving people, or you're going to end up being half an hour late. So you can, you can kind of get into pitfalls, but I always just kind of stress, uh, try to try to pick the times where the most people are going to be focused and let's just make sure that the math on the timing works out. Yeah. Great advice. Yeah. And I think what you brought up about the length of the toast definitely um, is something we want to touch on because that, that obviously can depict exactly where it's best in the timeline. Um, I would definitely encourage people that are creating the toast to aim for three minutes or less. People's attention spans usually don't last very long. Um, I do think that they should speak more than just, you know, cheers to the happy couple. So glad I got to stand up here. Thanks. Like needs to be a little bit more uh, long, you know, longer than that. Uh, but definitely, you know, don't share 10 different stories and, you know, really go into, you know, all rattling off, you know, different things. Um, rambling can definitely happen during the toast. And so uh, keeping and actually writing it ahead of time. Um, and knowing what your time frame is doing and share that with a couple so that they can put it into their timeline as best as possible. And we know that things will come up, either people will get flustered and not say everything they planned on, or people will start to ad lib and add more things. Um, but I would say the total toast time shouldn't take more than 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And if it is going to be more, just, you know, make sure that you're, you're conscious of it and lean into it. And the, the other thing I've, I've had couples before that that'll say, you know, so-and-so is going to be pretty long-winded. So um, have a, have the ability to cut people off if you need to. And there was one where I went as far as to have orchestra music to try and play somebody off. But what normally happens in that situation is you get five minutes into a father of the bride speech and do you really want to cut the guy off on his, on his daughter's wedding? And, you know, you sit there and look at the faces of the couple and you can tell that they're actually just really enjoying what, what's being said. And so I uh, generally say, if you think it's going to be long, let's be, you know, reasonable about the amount of time we have, make sure that you get whoever it is to agree and to be structured with what they say. But, you know, also be willing to have a little bit of flexibility. And, you know, we say all the time, uh, you never know how many more of these family get together type of things you're going to get with the entire group that you have. So if it's probably worth the extra five minutes, to let your, your dad kind of pour his heart out for, for your wedding, things of that nature. So um, let's, uh, let's talk about some of the uh, different toasts that we talked about and maybe throw out what we think are tips for making these good. And, and I know that keeping them in the uh, 10 to 10 to 15 minutes total, that's, uh, that's obviously a tip. So keep them in the two minute type of range. Um, what else, what else would you say is a good tip for, uh, we'll kind of go down the, the list that I think we aligned on father of the bride speech. Yeah, for for father of the bride, obviously, most of the time, that's going to have some heartfelt stories, from possibly when they were little, um, definitely, how maybe they've, you know, grown into this amazing adult and the first time that they've met the significant other. Um, I often hear about, you know, the different families and how excited they are to uh, make them be a part of it finally. And so definitely sharing those stories um, is what pulls on people's heartstrings and kind of gets them going. And whether it's the father of the bride, you know, best man, maid of honor, I always encourage them to, to speak about 
the individuals and then speak about them as a couple um, so that they really get the full glance of how you feel um, that you see their relationship and see them as people. And so definitely sharing some stories and giving, um, you know, some ideas as far as like personality uh, for those that maybe, you know, are only there because they know the bride or only there because they know the groom, like give them some insight um, to who these people are. Um, and definitely I love when give advice uh, or some, you know, fun well wishes at the end of their toast. Yeah, I would say that I, I agree to that and, and or agree with that and don't necessarily even have anything to offer um, in, in extension. Um, so when we when we get into the, the wedding party, let's let's talk uh, maid of honor, best man. What are your thoughts on both of those? Yeah, I I definitely encourage them to not wing it. Um, there are definitely some that have, you know, done that and it turned out perfect. That's usually the people that are more comfortable with public speaking, um, probably do it on a more regular basis, can, you know, rattle off some stories on the fly. But I definitely, you can tell when someone has prepared for a speech and someone that hasn't. And so I always encourage them to write it out ahead of time. And maybe that's Friday night after the rehearsal dinner. I, you know, just some point um, I've had people even the moment after grand entrance have wrote it on a napkin or typed it on their phone, but have some thoughts, whether that's bullet points or your entire toast written out, have some thoughts on paper or your phone of some sort. Um, do a little bit of research online. If you're wanting to add in a quote or a saying or poem of some sort, uh, but I would definitely limit those. Um, I obviously go to weddings almost every single weekend. And so I think that there are a lot of repetitive things that people come up with. But in all reality, your guests don't go to weddings as often as we do. And so they probably haven't heard the whole, you know, now the groom puts his hand on the bride's yeah, hand. Yeah, yeah, last time you get the upper hand. <laughs> the upper hand. I can't tell you how many times I have heard that. But it gets a laugh every single time. People enjoy it. Um, so obviously they're not hearing it as much as me. But when you are going to get creative, either coming up with your own thing or, you know, stealing something from the Internet, just limit yourself to just a, a maybe one, maybe two of those just so it doesn't sound so robotic, I guess I'd say. Yep, for sure. And and I would say that any time that I've uh, given a, given advice to maid of honor, best man, I I say a lot of the same type of thing. It's like want to make sure that you get one to two stories. Um, one is how you got to know each other and then try to get one with uh, the two of them together, similar to what you were saying about the, you know, the, the parent speeches, um, but try, try to get into that. And what I'll specifically say to a best man is, you know, it's, it's well within your rights and understand that there's going to be a time where these roles are potentially reversed. So, so keep that in mind, but it's uh it's your right to uh, tell something that's uh, slightly embarrassing, but keep everything PG and, you know, for, for uh, the sake of everybody involved and in, including all the guests, which you probably don't know half of them bare minimum, just uh, don't, don't expect that everybody has the same sensibilities as you and, and, and make the, the story too like blue and out there just uh, try to keep it more lighthearted and PG or whatever. And you can always leave details out of something that make the story really juicy and tell that by the bar later in the night. But, you know, you, you definitely, it's well within your right to uh, embarrass the dude a little bit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I always tell uh, best man made of honor that uh, if you don't want your grandma or your coworkers or your employer hearing this, uh, you know, then definitely they probably wouldn't either. And so definitely, yeah, keep the risque stories to a minimum. 
Um, but yeah, like you said, share the characteristics, share how you know them. Um, definitely introduce yourself. Not everybody knows you. Um, unless again, it's a small intimate wedding and everybody does, then maybe that's not. Um, I always encourage them again to end on a high note, um, whether that's marriage advice, well wishes. Um, definitely if you've been crying through it all and have, you know, all these stories like end with, you know, something positive and uplifting. Um, and the biggest advice for those that are giving the toast, like, don't forget to tell the crowd to raise their grass, exactly. raise their glass to the happy couple and actually cheers, um, makes for great pictures. You know, everybody wants to see them clinking their glasses, but again, you're there to cheers them. And often I see, we go from toast to toast and it's the end, the person that finally says now cheers. And everybody's like, are we supposed to drink? Are we not supposed to drink? Um, so don't forget to kind of end your toast with a cheers. Another thing that I'll throw out, and I always try to coach couples through this as well, is after after you as the uh, you know maid of honor, best man, parent, so forth, stand up, go to the couple, give them both a hug, shake hands, something to that effect. Those are great pictures and video as well. So uh, I, I agree with you. Start with introducing yourself, um, do what your thing is going to be, end with a high note, raise a glass, give a hug or a handshake. Perfect. And you're, uh, you're perfectly putting everything together. So what about, uh, what about for the couple? Yeah, for, for them, it's definitely, again, they're thanking everybody for being a part of their big day, you know, maybe throwing a joke, you know, so glad we could feed you and, uh, booze you up. Uh, but definitely, you know, thank them for traveling. Um, I often see them thank their parents for, you know, raising them and maybe there's somebody in the audience that brought the two of you together, you know, you could definitely thank them. Um, I always love when the couple goes the extra mile and kind of says something about each other or, you know, their relationship. I, even, I had one last year that told the story of how they met because everybody didn't know that. And it was super like neat just to hear that story. Um, like I said, that's often as a wedding planner where I find out some of those extra details that maybe we didn't find out in some of our, our meetings. And so definitely, you know, Keep it short and sweet if you're not, you know, too comfortable talking. Um, I like to hear from both uh, bride and groom or both, you know, both the couples rather than just one of them. But we often see it's either just the guy or just the girl or, um, you know, which again, every whoever is more comfortable speaking. Uh, but just don't forget to thank everybody. And then I enjoy that that one ends with, uh, you know, let's party, you know, let's get this thing going. Uh, typically right after toast, you either lead into cake or you lead into dancing. Um, and so definitely letting them kind of get the party started and the, the crowd really revved up. Yep. 100% agree with that. And the only other thing that I would add is if you've had a lot of interaction with vendors, um, you don't have to say a, a couple of vendors by name, but I always think it's kind of cool when you say, um, Obviously, the food was awesome. It's been great working with whoever the caterer is. Um, we love this venue. They've been they've been great to work with. Uh, you know, make sure that you give requests to our DJ, and uh, if you want a yeah. picture taken, flag down, so forth. And what? Sorry, I said in your wedding planner is amazing. Exactly, exactly, exactly. But what I what I always really love is whether this is one of the parents that brings it up or the couple, uh, I always love the rundown of all the geographical places that people came from. And yeah. that's always just a cool type of situation. What I always think is really neat is when you um, suddenly find out that there's, you know, people that have common ground that they didn't even necessarily know they have and that can kind of kind of loosen the group up to hang out a little bit more as well. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right. So we've got our tips. We've got our order. We, we've given all of those suggestions. So I'm going to throw a quick wild card one out here. What's the uh, what's the biggest toast faux pas worst thing that you ever have seen? <laughs> oh, um, I would. What I really don't like is when they open it up to the crowd. Um, and so sure. it a can make for a very lengthy toast timeline. Um, B, it can be awkward if nobody stands up or people tell stories you didn't want to hear. Um, and so just, I would keep it to the wedding party, the parents and kind of keep it low key, unless you have a very small guest list, um, and you're kind of not doing a big dance party and it's more just kind of dinner hanging out, then you can add in more of those toasts. But I, my first thing would be definitely, you know, don't open it up. Um, my second faux pas is not getting video. Um, you want to hear these toasts again. You want to relive what they said about you, maybe what you said. Um, definitely if your parents are speaking about you, like those are things that when they pass on that I would definitely want to hear again um, and have that memory. And so definitely your pictures are going to do a great job of you know showing that moment, but hearing that audio again is just priceless. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, just picture your 10 year anniversary and how many, how many people on the the video, is that going to be the only way you can hear from them again? You know, try not to be morbid, but um, you know, more than once I've heard other just kind of peers within the business that have wedding videos or just people that we've worked with where it's just like, you know, I would, I would give anything to hear so-and-so talk again and having a video helps with that and uh, completely agree. And, and even if you, don't have a videographer, there's somebody who's going to be able to record that for you. So just make sure that you're purposeful and, and that happens. A professional videographer is obviously the best, but um, you can get some pretty nice uh, stuff off an iPhone these days as well. Uh, <clears throat> my biggest faux pas are generally going to be the best man that throws the uh, extra like dirty joke in there um, where uh, the two most common ones that I'll get are uh, like uh you know, I've been told that the appropriate length is how long the groom lasts in bed. So blah, blah, blah. It's like, it, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that. And I mean, you're, you're breaching a subject that uh, he might not want his grandma to hear, you know, there's a, there's a certain thing if grandma doesn't know about it, it doesn't happen. <laughs> and uh, you just kind of told grandma that uh, they're not following the correct process. And that's just not going to make the night any better or, um, you can Google it and figure out what this is, but uh, there's, there's one where it's like, we're going to raise a toast to honor. So here's the having honor. And um, most people probably know what the end of that is. I actually saw that at a wedding and I was standing off to the side and seriously considering running back to my booth to uh, kill the microphone and, or go up and grab it from him and do like Vince Vaughn on old school. I think what he's trying to say is that love is blind. <laughs> um, so, you know, don't do anything like that. Cause uh, after that happened, you could have heard a pin drop in that room. It was so quiet that everybody was just horrified that <laughs> he actually went there. So uh, again, don't, don't do that. The perfect time to do that is at the bachelor party, you know, make the, make the dirty toast then. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, just kind of piggybacking off of that is if your wedding party that are supposed to be giving the toast have had too much to drink maybe on the party bus and they aren't prepared or ready to give an appropriate toast, like maybe you do make an audible 
right away and you know, make somebody else speak on their behalf. Um, again, the last thing that you want is for that awkward moment to start your evening. And realistically speaking, keep in mind, you don't have to do any of these. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Somebody needs to get the microphone and address the crowd, but that can be as simple as a couple saying, hey, thanks for coming. Really happy everybody made it out here to celebrate with us. And that's honestly good enough, you know, so. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else we should get out of here? Uh, I think that's good for today. All right. Well, everybody take care. Cheers till next time. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you got some helpful insight as you plan the big day. So until next time, I'm Tara with the Complete Wedding Planning Podcast. And I'm Josh. Please make sure to subscribe to our channel and rate and review us if you like what you hear. We are presented by Complete Weddings and Events, your leading provider of photo, video, DJ, photo booth, lighting, and coordination services. Visit completewedo.com for more info. Happy wedding planning!